Welcome to the Restored Living Podcast. We're your hosts, Josh and Jalen Harrell. We are a husband and wife who are passionate about partnering with people to rebuild, restore, and renew their lives to the purpose God has for them. In 2018, God took our broken marriage and restored it to something beautiful, and we believe He wants to restore the parts of your life that seem broken too. Join with us as we talk openly about what it looks like to walk out restoration in Jesus and what it means to let the cracks in our story become the greatest evidence of God's love for us. This This is Restored Living. I like it. Let's go. Are we doing this? I disagree. (laughs) I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Let me go to my preferences really quick. No, we need to start a new no, video. I think, does the blur? No, the no, blur blur's blur. Just do normal. Okay, let's do normal. Welcome to the Restored Living Podcast. <laughs> I'm Jalen Harrell. Oh, I'm Josh. <laughs> we'll take like guesses right now to see whether this makes it on or not. Guesses. It's, well, I we don't have time to do two recordings, so this is it. Well, now you know. Oh, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Welcome to the Restored Living Podcast. I already said that, you but did, right. it is, in case you didn't feel it, welcome enough, it is after hours in our house. It's six thirty-five, people. It's after Ooh, hours. After I said that. <laughs> when you have three kids and one's a newborn, that's that's how it rolls. In okay, fact, we may or may not have the baby monitor turned down to quiet and just let him kind of. It is yes. Do his deal. Oh my goodness, people. It is seven Start days. Start us off, Joshua. Seven days until Christmas as we record this episode. By the time we post it, it will be anywhere from three to four days until Christmas, depending on how quickly we get this posted up. Yes. But all that being said, we are uh, just in the, I know we're doing all the things that everyone does the last few days before Christmas. We're shopping for final little things. We're apparently writing back to Santa letters because our children decided today, today, was a week before Christmas to write Santa letters today and ask for very specific things. They want an that... elf on the shelf, and I'm not going to find it anywhere in stores in the next four days. So I've had to tell them that when they ask this close to Christmas, Santa grants the wish the next year. Oh man, the lies. Get we'll deep. see. We'll see how it goes. But all that being said, <laughs> it is the last week before Christmas, and so um so we'll we... tired of Christmas and ready <laughs> for it to be done. I love Christmas. I love Christmas all year long. I always feel like it goes too fast, it right? Too, every year. This is the fastest month of the year. I don't understand. Even the when we don't have that much going month of the, the year, even though it's the same amount of days as other months. Yes. No big deal. So fine. before we dive into this week's conversation, um continuing the peace, love, and joy series, mini series, whatever. By the way, enjoying it, please yes. let us know. We love to hear feedback from the podcast yeah. episodes and things like that. And we're really loving this Christmas series. Yeah, I actually talked to a few different people about the peace episode this week and just the topic of peace in general. So it's been super cool. I love peace. We don't have them. our coffee tonight. No, because it was too late for that business. But um we are diving into part two this week. So we're gonna be talking on the topic of love. But before we do that, a couple of quick things. So okay, go for one it. Uh, obviously the, this series will wrap up near the end of this year. So we will be taking a couple months, not a couple months, a couple weeks. Good grief. It's late now. We just came back two late months now. No. A couple weeks at the beginning of January to just spend some time as a family, go on a trip to Disneyland with Yay. the kids. So that's going to be super fun. It's kind of the um, reward. It's like a, it's reward, like a reward for, um, um yes. the last year yes. that has been, been. In a year of endurance. It's been like it an endurance is, race. Um, so we will be like a taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, the second thing is that if you are new to this podcast, welcome. We're excited that you're here. 
Um, as you can see, the topics that we discuss are a wide range, wide range of topics. Um, and we just came back after like an eight month hiatus of, uh, for a lot of different reasons, which we shared about in previous episodes. So go back and listen to those. Um, we recapped 2022 a little bit, but, uh, there's plenty of episodes out there, 26, I think so far for you to, to catch up on and listen to. And then the third piece is that if you are a new person or you've been listening the whole time, um, first of all, we're just grateful for you guys. But second of all, we are grateful for the way that you guys have shared this with those mm -hmm. around you, uh, either on your Instagram stories or through sending it in a message or through uh, just telling a friend about it, whatever it is. We've we've um, just heard from people that had this shared with a friend or there was an episode that really touched them because someone shared it with them. So that is why we do this, because we know that we can't have one-on-one -on -one conversations with all of you, but we can talk through ideas and topics and things here. Yep. And then hopefully it's something that sparks conversation that goes deeper with people in your life um, or just conversations within yourself about things that you're just learning about. And so we're grateful for you guys yep. and the ways that you share this and uh, just ask you continue to do so. Um, follow, click yes, the follow button little... on the podcast, wherever you're watching. If it's Apple Podcasts and you're just listening, um, you're not watching and you should check out Spotify because Videos you can go. see that. Yes, one day Apple will catch up, but um, that is the way that the whole podcast world works and how these things get into basically the laps of other people Yes, is when people rate and review and all those different things. So if you have um, anything that you want to share or something that's touched you with the podcast, then you can do that through leaving a review, which is super helpful to um, not so much us, but just to other people, because then people know what they're getting into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can be like, that was real. these people are crazy, but we like them a little bit. Um, and they're real and authentic. So you can share those there as well. I think that's I think much that's pretty much it. I want to just mention one more time. Um, we changed up our intro music. Yes, it is by Out of the Dust Music. Which the previous song was too. Was this also is our new favorite. Yes. And <laughs> so we want to just encourage you to go check them out at Out of the Dust Music, wherever you can find your music. Yeah. They're amazing. They have a lot of really encouraging songs. And let's get into it. Yeah, that sounds good. So we are in week two love. of uh, the Peace Love Le series. And we're talking about love. Can like we talk about love like that? No. We're not. We're going to talk about love in a way like that's meaning of love, right? Yeah, Peace, love, and joy. Yeah, these are like the these are like the like the hallmark uh, like poster child words for Christmas, yes. right? You see them all over everything. Every Ray Dunn mug you see, every sign at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> because because we're not a big podcast, we can say those things and not have to pay anything. That's all true. those things that you see. That's Peace, true. love, and joy are plastered on everything. They are. Um, and so we are taking this time to kind of dive into like what do these words really mean? Because sometimes they lose their meaning when you say something so much. And I think love, especially yep. just in general, year round. Uh, we have like a very different way of seeing the word love than um, very maybe. misunderstood. I feel like it's yeah, a very, it's very flip, flippant sometimes. Maybe that's a good word. Like flippant. we just kind of like, I love my wife and I also love pizza. hot dogs and tacos <laughs> and pizza or whatever. Or I love a glass of wine, but I also love my children. I also love Jesus, but I cuss. <laughs> but we throw that word around and obviously we we know in our minds that we mean different things i don't mm -hmm. love a, you know food as much as i love my family but we use the same word for it and so we're really talking this week about when we look at love in in the greater context of like what love truly is mm -hmm. and and what we see of it in scripture um the 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 thing that came to mind as we talked through this is that Love is something that requires humility. And I think and, there's one thing I want to mention. I yeah. think during the Christmas season, a lot of people say Jesus mm -hmm. is love. Was love 
on earth. Yeah. And I think that can confuse a lot of baby Christians or even Christians in general. We say anyone, these yeah. things and we don't really know the true meaning of them. And so that's the purpose of this three-part series that we have going on of restoring the meaning of Christmas, because we want you guys to know when you say something like Jesus is love, what in the world does that mean? Mm-hmm. And how does that practically apply to our life? And like Josh said, love requires humility. I mean, I can't even, I was listening to a sermon, a Christmas sermon, and I loved the analogy. He was like, I mean, it was kind of like a comedy show, which I felt was very hilarious since I've been pregnant in the last year. But when you think about Jesus coming down as a baby and being born in humanity in a feeding trough that's dirty, like I think about my birth story and like the Christmas birth story. And I think that is like the ultimate example of humility, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine being like, I don't want to ride a donkey when I'm nine months pregnant. I barely wanted to sleep in my bed. That is (laughs) like Tempur-Pedic and (laughs) with like 14 pillows around. Right. right. And then like, no, but like goodbye epidurals and Mm. Nast, I mean, you would have freaked out at the sheer like disgustingness of the the stable or the cave or whatever historians debate it actually is. So I think that when we think about this Christmas story, we have to remember the humility in it all that the Lord Jesus Christ, who deserved a throne and the cleanest bedding and ultimate plush everything came in a lowly place yeah to teen parents yeah that were pregnant out of wedlock yeah those things are so important and i think sometimes we have to get off of our high horse oh don't preach right now get off of our high horses of christianity and take a step down for a second and realize that we need to be a little bit more humble yeah and i think that it the christmas story teaches us that you can't have genuine unconditional love without a deep sense of humility and if the god of the universe is going to humble himself how much more as his creation should we be humbling ourselves not in a way of i'm awful i'm terrible but just of recognizing like our place in existence recognizing Mm -hmm. our place in the world and that the world doesn't revolve around us and when we realize that and we realize that the person next to us is just as worthy of god's love as we are there's a deep sense of humility of of genuine authentic humility that's not driven out of shame or driven out of self-hatred but just driven out of a recognition that everything's not about us Mm -hmm. and we can love people authentically and genuinely when we come from that place so kind of like last week we're going to dive into three different things and actually kind of just worked that we really centered it around the three kind of main main characters of the christmas story of mary joseph and jesus that was god Um, that was god they just they kind of represent three different um, three different aspects of what love can look like. And so we're going to kind of break into each of those and talk about um, how how we can live out the truth of love through kind of their example of how they mm, do that. I agree. And so I think the first things first that we need to really like hone in on is like we said, love requires humility, which means love is a choice. It's not a feeling. And I think many people get that misconstrued. Like I need to feel like I want to love someone. Well, when my dog has pooped (laughs) his crate, I don't feel like loving him 
but all of the all of the rules of dog parenting say I need to not yell at my dog. So I don't. Same thing with my kids, right? Like nothing could ever change the love that I have for my kids. I don't always feel like I like them, right? But I always will love them. Right. And so remembering that love is a choice, not a feeling. And it is possible to love people when you don't feel like it. Yeah. You don't have to feel a sense of affection for someone in order to love somebody. Cause love is something that's driven out of it's, it's not, it's not self-focused. It's others mm-hmm. focused. Right. Yeah. So if we look at God's example of love to us, he did it. Shall we read the example of love? Go for it. But he did it out of his character because he is, he is perfect love. He did it out of his character, not based on our actions. And so when we are, when we are um, reflecting that kind of love to those around us, whether it's our spouse or our children or our coworkers mm-hmm. or friends or family or, or just strangers, if we want to reflect true, genuine love, then it's out of his character and who he is and how he's loved us. That's why scripture says we love because he first loved us. It's out of his love for us that we can genuinely reflect that love to other people that's not based on their actions, but based on the fact that God says they're worthy of loving them. Yeah. And so um, we're going to, we actually went just through a whole series at church on love, um, looking at 1 Corinthians 13. I think you so, can read the whole thing for yeah. one to, I like the first three verses. of first, So 1 Corinthians 13, y'all, is the love verse. And everyone like, thinks it's, um, our pastor made a really good, point when he was teaching on this but everyone thinks that this is like you hear it at weddings a lot because weddings are all about love um mm. but this this chapter in first corinthians is is teaching to the church in corinth which is planted in the middle of a society that is not really centered around genuine authentic love it's very self-seeking it's very um it's very pleasure driven it's very self-gratification driven oh what does that sound like everybody so the church in that kind of area right is supposed to look different and so this letter is to the church in Corinth, basically telling them like, this is what love is mm-hmm. love for everyone, not just for a, not just romantic love. This is like love across the spectrum. And so if we look at first Corinthians 13, this is the, what Christian standard. Yeah. Religion. Christian standard. Um, Sorry. I like it. I like the CSB, right. but it says, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. Mm. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Mm. This is the part that everyone knows. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hope all, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And I think that I just love that scripture. I just do. Like, and it's well, I so think it resonates convicting. With like, I think, yeah, I think you could read that even as somebody who doesn't, isn't necessarily like a professing follower of Jesus. You could read all those things and be like, yeah, that sounds like really good, genuine love. You but know what I mean? when it comes to actually deciding to but do it. But it's the love it. we want to get. It's not always the love we want to give. Yeah. Oh, say that again for the people in the back. We're the people in the back. Um, <laughs> but it is. It's a love that sounds really great to receive. Like how many of you would want to receive that kind of love that mm. is so unconditional, that is so, that endures all things, that hopes yep. for all things, that literally that love looks at you and it only sees the best. It only sees what could be. It only sees the 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 wholeness of who God made you to be 
that is God's love for us. Hence why we read that and we're like, there's no way that we can't like perfectly live that out. And I think that's the point, right? We're not, we are not able to in our own, our own humanity perfectly live out that kind of love, but it resonates with something in us that goes, that's the kind of love that I want. Mm. Right. And that we often look to other people to give us. And the reality is that God's saying here, like, this is, this is what love really is Mm -hmm. for all people for, for, and yes, this goes for the people who have different beliefs for you. This goes for the people who have completely opposite beliefs of you. This doesn't love, love does not mean that you look at someone and you accept everything that they say as true in your heart, Mm -hmm. but it means that you look at someone and go, it doesn't matter what they believe they are God's creation and they are worthy of being loved because of that one fact. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you have to remember like the root of humility is humanity. And well, it should be, if it's not, if I'm wrong, y'all fact check check me in theory, that's really where that root comes from is we, we are all humans. We fall short of the glory of God. And I think, you know, you got what falls more short of God's glory than one other person. Like, the the person yep. you and the person who is totally different from you we fall short equally if you fall short you fall short there's not like a, i sort of fall short of god's glory and i really fall short now there are people that like yes there are people that commit deeper m- more extravagant sin but in the reality of things like no one measures up to God's glory. So it puts us all on an even playing field and that can be a really hard pill to swallow. But glory is what we were intended to have in our design. And so I think when Josh talks about the fact that, you know, we want this kind of love to be given to us, it's because we are rightful heirs to have that love in our lives. And to be able to give it. And to be able to give it in that way. And so you're, when we think about the, I mean, we talk about this all the time with our example of Kintsugi art, But remember that these desires that you have, these shortcomings that you have that require humility, that is because of the fall and God designed you to be whole. He designed you, like we said last week, he designed you to have peace. And love is one of those areas that I feel like when we do it well, we do find peace. You know, it's another one of the fruit of the spirit. And so remember that this is what God's trying to restore in you is that that heavenly spiritual space where you are experiencing the original love that you mm-hmm. were designed to experience. Yeah. You won't experience it all the time, No, but the closer that you are to the vine, the better that you, so let's talk about the Christmas story yeah. and what are like the, how does love show up in different forms? Yeah. So like we said, we, we kind of looked at it through the lens of of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and how they just represent different aspects of what love can look like. So if we're looking at Joseph, right, um, engaged to Mary, teenage, you know, like arranged marriage, they are set to be married. He is, he as a man has a certain reputation to uphold in the community. Mm-hmm. And he- Especially as a Jewish man. Yeah. And he learns that Mary is pregnant, but they have not slept together. So obviously- anyone is going to make the connection in their human mind that she's been unfaithful. She's gone and she slept with someone else and she's gotten pregnant. Right. Obviously we know that we know that's not what's happening, but we have to remember that as scripture is happening for the person in it, they are just in it. They're not reading it like, Oh, I know how this turns out. Right. Mm -hmm. So Joseph has a very valid option in that moment to leave. Like Mm -hmm. there's in his culture, in his beliefs, even like the religious Jewish culture, which was a people following after God, he had every right to leave. 
Um, he wasn't and he married. Did want to. And he it did says want it to. in yeah. scripture in Matthew 1, 19 through 25. Yeah. So he, Shall we read it? He wants, yeah, in one sec. So he he wants to leave. Um, he has every right to leave by Jewish law. He would not be breaking any rules, right? So there's mm-hmm. this is a really important distinction to make. There is would have been nothing wrong with him leaving by cultural standards, by by God's standards, nothing wrong with him leaving in that moment. However, there and is, I think Mary was expecting that he might. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because I mean, she comes to him and basically says, "Like, I'm pregnant with, like, I'm pregnant by the Spirit of God. Like, God's." We're going to talk about that in a second. We're planted like his his like. Just, I, it's even hard to describe because, like, how do you make sense of that, right? But if we look in what is it, Matthew, Matthew 1, 19. 19. So this is talking about just talking about Joseph and just kind of his journey through that. So it says he's like, see, the video froze. Is it still recording? Do we know? I think so. I think <laughs> anyway, we're still good. We're still here. But go back, go back and do it again. So Matthew 1, verse 19. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. So he's trying to protect her. Right. He's not being malicious, but he's like, this has got to end. We can't do this. You've been unfaithful, but I'm not going to shame you in public, which he could have also mm-hmm. by law. He could have made kind of a scene of it, um, but he decided. So to she would be secret. worthless at that point. Well, yeah, she's like, she's like, she's like tattered goods at that point. You know, like she's she's the like the town harlot at that point. Yeah. And so but it says in verse 20, but after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. Hmm. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and he named him Jesus. So the the thing that stuck out to us that and kind of the, the point that we want to drive home with this is that sometimes love looks like choosing to stay. Mm. And that can look a lot of different ways. And I, I want to be careful to not have that be misconstrued because um, sometimes that can, love can be manipulated to be a guise to say, well, you just need to keep loving and believing for the situation, even though that family member is being abusive to you, even though that spouse is being abusive to you, even yep. though that friend is being abusive to you. And that is not what we're saying here. So let's just make it really, really clear on the front end. That is not the case. In this situation where it would have been totally culturally and religiously acceptable for Joseph to leave, God, he didn't force him, but he brought another option to him, Mm -hmm. right? Because Joseph could have chosen still to say, like he could have woken up from that dream and still been like, nope, I'm I'm not getting, I'm not getting in there. So, but God gave him this option to say, hey, I know this, first of all, this is one, not what it looks like, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And two, this, I am doing something here. Yeah. And if you can trust that I'm doing something here and, and he's seen Mary's heart, like her humility, right? To come to him, obviously. Um, I'm, if you're willing to, like, I'm asking you to stay. And I, I want to, I want to touch on that because I love what you just said about abuse. <laughs> and, and I think discernment is the key here. And we're not telling you what's right and wrong in your life, but the Holy Spirit, if you have accepted Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit will tell you what is right and wrong and will inform you. And I think that is what you see in Matthew 1, 19 through 25 is the Holy Spirit letting Joseph know 
this is God's work yeah. here. And you know, when the Lord is speaking to you, and if you haven't experienced that yet, I would encourage you get in your Bible, pray. It's not like a thing you can try and make happen, but when you really truly do accept that Jesus died for your sins and he starts to impact the places in your heart, you have accepted the Holy spirit and he will speak to you. Mm -hmm. And I remember when, you know, I had every reason to leave when our marriage was on the rocks. And I remember sitting and being like, God, I want to leave. I want to leave. It would be easier if I left. And he was like, yes, it would. But then you'd have to do this with somebody else. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> it's not easier if I leave. It's, you know, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do here? How do we move forward? And he guided us step by step. And was it easy? No, mm -hmm. but it was a form of love for me to stay. And it was a form of love for Joseph to stay when he didn't have to. And this can apply to so many different areas of our lives, right? It might be a job that you are in that you don't really love. Like you don't feel like you like it, but maybe God's calling you to stay to love on some of your coworkers even though you aren't going to be progressing forward, maybe in that job, or you might want to go a different way in that job. There's, you know, I think about my career as a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> I didn't choose that career for myself necessarily. I mean, I chose to have kids, but I could have chosen to work or chosen to stay home. And I chose to stay home with my kids and do something from home because I wanted to make sure I was there at school, pick up and drop off. And that's not I'm not saying that to be like, that's the right way to do life. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there are certain situations in your life that staying is hard. And it takes humility and it takes stepping off of your high horse and saying, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to choose to do it for the betterment of others. Mm, yeah. So yeah. sometimes love is choosing to stay. Yeah. Number two. Being a vessel is a form of love. Now we're talking about Mary in this situation, but Mary was very easily a vessel for Jesus to be carried in. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, I have zero idea how Mary did this. Like, I just like, yes, just Mary, like you deserve to be mentioned yeah, the, the fact Bible. That she's like bringing the savior of the world into the world, like just the practicalities of being a teen right. mom. Right, exactly. Teen mom, I mean, literally, and we're going to read through the passage in Luke 138, but I just love that Mary is willing. She's willing to, and she's, She's, for lack of a better term, she's empty. Like her womb is empty. She's an empty and open vessel to be able to be used for the Lord. And that takes immense amounts of trust. Mm -hmm. That takes, I mean, like we said before with Joseph, there was 20 times as much going for Mary. She was ready to probably be a single mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, what were some of the other things culturally she was facing? Well, she would at have been time? completely ostracized from her family, from any kind of support. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. She would have had no friends. She would have had no like no inheritance community. No, yeah. She couldn't own land because she was a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, like there were so many things that in that time and space, this really threw a wrench in for her. Um completely. 100%. And so this this idea of being being a willing vessel, being a form of love, um, 
we're going to read through the story of it, but just be, as you're thinking through this, think about like, what are the ways that I might be being asked by God to be a vessel of a, a conduit of his love, right? Because Mary was simply a conduit. Of, if God is love and she's carrying the savior of the world, she was essentially a conduit of love for yeah. all of mankind. Yeah. Right. Which is why she's so like revered, like in, in the Catholic faith, it's like, mm -hmm. she is so revered because she was the conduit of God incarnate. Mm -hmm. That the, the question for us as humans, 2000 years later, walking the earth is how am I being asked to be a conduit and a vessel for God's mm -hmm. love yep. in a way that is uncomfortable in a way that is untraditional in a way that might get me looked at as Different. someone lesser or like think about all the things that she endured and think about what are this what are the places in my life where I'm being asked to be that same kind of vessel of God's love to other people okay so it starts in Luke 1 26 and it says in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent same angel from Joseph's story remember Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came to her and said greetings favored woman the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. So she was afraid, you guys. She was she was like, what the world is happening right now? Right. And sometimes I want to just like quickly say this. Sometimes this won't make sense. Like loving will not make sense. Yeah. Being a vest will not make sense. Hold the phone while we read the next part. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One will be born, will be called the son of God and consider your relative Elizabeth. She has, con even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless for nothing will be impossible with God. Okay. Hold that thought while, before I read the last part, I love how the Lord sends Gabriel and gives Mary like a fleece for lack of a better term, right? Like he gives her a person to be able to see the goodness of the Lord and trust. And I, I want to say this hopefully fluidly, but I do feel like when the Lord asks you, he gives you confirmation. Mm -hmm. He gives you confirmation to be a vessel Sometimes it's through others. Like for Mary, it was through Elizabeth and spending time with Elizabeth. Right. But remember that God will give you confirmation of being a vessel and he won't have you do this alone. Yeah. Mary had Elizabeth and stayed with Elizabeth for like three to six months, I think. Mm -hmm. That is so vital and so important to this story because I think without those words first, Mary would have been like, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, think he, what? I think he knew too, like, again, because of mm -hmm. who she was in her culture and where she was and the time she was in, he knew that she would need someone mm. to be able to lean into a, a physical presence of somebody who could say, hey, this is coming, but it's going to be okay. This yeah. is going to be hard, but it's going to be okay. Remember God's faithfulness. You've seen it in me. He's going to do it for you. And so remembering that too, as you are considering 
how is God asking me to be a vessel of his love? Remember that he's not going to leave you unequipped. Mm-hmm. It may not always be a person. It might be just this deep sense of connection that you have with him as he's walking you through it. It might just be confirmations through, um, through random strangers. Like it's not always going to look like a family member yep. or a friend. Um, but he is faithful to give us what we need in order to do what he's called us to do. So if he calls us to be a vessel of his love, he's going to give us what we need to do that. 100%. And the difference too, is that like, we also have the power of his spirit indwelling in us. Um, you'll see like in the story, like the spirit came upon her, like they, at this time, because Jesus hadn't been born yet, people weren't just walking around with the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. That wasn't a thing. Like the spirit would come upon people. The spirit would come to places or spaces, but he didn't just indwell people. Like he does now. Yeah. And so even if you don't have a person, he's giving you himself in you to be that person in the times where you don't have a a physical person to um, necessarily be like an Elizabeth to your situation. Yep. 100%. So I love verse 38. This is where Mary confirms. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Yeah. You know, that, that moment of acceptance, I think also is so important. And it's her willingness. To, right. Her willingness to, I mean, ultimately, if you are a mom, you know what service looks like. <laughs> I serve my kids all the time. And sometimes it's not easy. And yeah. so accepting that, that you might be a vessel in a form of love, of service mm-hmm. to, sometimes it's your kids, you know, just saying, I love you instead of getting mad. That's a form of love and service to them. Um, there's so many other examples, but I know we have to get, we have to yeah. move through this, but let's talk about the third one. Yeah. So the third part of this obviously is, is Jesus represents ultimate love in this story, obviously, and throughout all of scripture, but something that really stands out about the story of his birth is where he was born and how he was born. We talked about it earlier. He's born in a feeding trough in a cold cave, no amenities, no provisions, no anything, right? Wrapped in swaddling cloths, just pieces of linen. There's no room at the inn for them. Like, and, um, and what that shows us is that love is born out of, and is willing to enter into humble and lowly places. Mm. And that's why we said that kind of the, the sum of this, right. Is Jesus example of a love being humility. And the fact that and this you is know, found in Luke two, by the yeah. way, if you're wondering, you read all of the whole, like basically the whole birth story of Jesus in, in Luke two. Um, but the ultimate example that Jesus sets for us is that the, the person who should be born into a palace with all the riches and all the provisions and all of the, all of the status and all of the um, abundance that mm-hmm. the world has to offer was born to teen parents in a feeding trough in a cold cave. And that's the, that's the story of love entering into the world. And so when we look at his example of that, what it looks like for love into, to enter into our world or enter into the world through us, we can bet that a lot of times it's going to come through entering into places that other people might deem worthless or not meaningful. And it's going to be born out of a Holy Spirit generated humility in our own hearts of recognizing that we are no better than they, and they are no better than we are. And that all of us are on an even playing field Mm. from the moment we enter this life to the moment we leave it. It's just that when we encounter the love of Jesus, we're changed and we're allowed to see people, we're, we're, we're given the ability to see people differently. And so 
how does, I mean, the hard part, the, the reality is that's not easy. Like living out humility and recognizing that we really don't measure up. The measuring stick isn't us against others. The measuring stick is God's holiness and humanity. Yeah. And the reality is no one hits the mark. And if you don't hit the mark, it's a, it's a loss across the board. And so the, the reality that we have no right to be prideful over other people is, is really hard to live out in practicality. It's really hard to accept because sometimes I think, especially, especially as followers of Jesus, we can think that we have the answers and our job is to get the answers to other people mm. because they're right, wrong and we're right. And that's just not true. Yes. We maybe have encountered God's love and we have accepted the gospel as truth. And so we have a different perspective on eternity and we are, we have salvation. That's true. That does not make us better than anyone. Mm. And we weren't, it doesn't make us better than we were before. Like, and it doesn't make us more worthy of God's love than we were before because God loved us just as much before we, before we encountered salvation and before we encountered that moment as he does now, as he will forever. And he loves the other people in our lives just as much as he loves us. Like his love is equally dispersed to everyone. Yep. And that's gotta be the hardest thing for, I feel like the Christian community to really like you, like I I'll throw some people out there, Hitler, like really bad people that some will disagree. Like, how could you love that person? God came like Jesus came in the form of a baby. He was perfect and blameless. Well, he loves the people who persecuted. Like yes. he, he loved as somebody drove the nails through his list, wrists, his thoughts and his mind and his heart were, this is somebody who I love. They know not what they are doing. Yeah. Like there is, and if that doesn't just make you feel humble to understand that we are not capable of that capacity of love, um, then we're seriously disillusioned if we think that we we are somehow more worthy than anyone else. Because if that person is worthy of God's love as they drove nails through his wrists, then every person on this planet is just a, as worthy of God's love. And we see and we treat people differently and we are willing to be uncomfortable. We're willing to be like Joseph and get uncomfortable and to choose to stay in places where we might retreat. We become like Mary where we're willing to be a vessel that's willing and open and accepting to something that doesn't make sense to us. That's going to make our lives a whole heck of a lot more difficult, literally and in every sense of the word. And we start to understand what it looks like to live life out more like Jesus, because we recognize that I'm no better than anyone else. And the only person that we're measured up here against is God. And Jesus, Jesus bridges the gap for all of us. Like, what he did was was intended to bridge that gap so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see any of the imperfections. He doesn't see any of what we've done wrong. He looks at us and he sees us through the lens of his son. And he says, I, I see someone who's perfectly clean. Mm -hmm. When we choose to accept the truth of the gospel, that's that's what he sees. Point blank, no difference. And so- And that's how you have the capacity- to do all of these things that we just mentioned, yeah, right? None of it's in our strength, right? No, none of this is in our strength. It's all by grace. And if mm -hmm. you don't know what the word grace means, I think grace is another one of those buzzwords. We'll probably know, do a podcast <laughs> But grace, I did a really in-depth word study on grace this year. And it blew my, because I used to think grace was kind of weakness, you know? Yeah, it was like, oh, I have grace for grace. you. Yeah. Grace like, is oh. get out of jail free card. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to just tell you 
grace is your superpower. Mm -hmm. Grace is what allows you to love mm -hmm. in this way. Yeah. Grace is what allows you to turn the other cheek when someone slaps you. Grace is not weakness. It is so the strength of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've just loved this episode. Yeah. I, I feel like it's so theory. pure. I and I love the Christmas story and all that it teaches us. And so we want to just, um, just encourage you. I feel like we need to pray. We probably will pray. We should pray. Um, not should pray. I really feel led to pray <laughs> after this one. Um, because I think there are so many ways practically that we can be loved to others in an unconventional way this Christmas season and going into 2023. And so I hope that this has blessed you today. Mm -hmm. I hope that um, you go out this week and you are love in all circumstances, mm -hmm. all circumstances. Yeah. And it won't always be easy when you pray for these. It will not. It will show its ugly face at you. But yes, we are just praying for you this mm -hmm. week as you enjoy the Christmas season with your family. And we will be back next Tuesday for yes, the next, for, for the, the last and final episode Jewish of 2022. Episode. Which will be Jalen's favorite episode because it's like her, that's like her. Josh! her <laughs> I love it. Okay, Josh, will you close this out? Yeah. Oh, Lord, thank you so much mm. for um, just the truth of your word. Thank you for uh, the remembrance of just this story um, that oftentimes we just we tend to only focus on this time of year, but really holds meaning for for all of our lives, um, for yes. every day of our lives, Lord. And thank you for just the way that you show us. Um, what love really is, what love looks like, how love shows up in the world um, through the story of your birth and your life, your death, all of it, Lord, you you display what love looks like. And so um, I just want to pray over each of us as we go into the rest of the season, as we head into a new year soon, um, would you open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to understand in a deeper way and in a new way, what love really looks like mm -hmm. and what it looks like not to... Um, not not just the emotional love not just the the love that we are kind of used to not the way the the world paints love and what it's supposed to look like but god what is your whole complete sense of the word love yes. look like and how do we live that out and how do we how do we live that out for the people around us how do we learn to let love be something that we're focused on giving away not something that we're focused on trying to get from others um how do we be filled by your love so that it spills out into those around us Lord, how do we look at the example of um, of your life and the examples of Mary and Joseph and how they chose to love um, in hard circumstances? God, would you just, um, I even asked just in the last, this last week of the year, would you just bring people into our lives who are particularly mm -hmm. challenging for us to love? And would you give us the eyes, um, give us humility to understand that they are just as worthy of your love as we are? Um, that all of us fall short and that you bridge the gap for all of us and that you desire for all of us to experience the fullness of your love and that we are invited into that process to be a vessel, um, no matter how imperfectly we may display it, that we're invited into that process. And that um, maybe through these last few days of the year, um, somebody experiences your love um, in a way that they haven't before and that we experience what it's like to be filled by your love and to pour that out into other people's lives. And so we just thank you that you loved us and because you loved us that we have the capacity to love. And I pray that we would um, embrace that opportunity this year 
and as we head into new year and we just pray this all in your name jesus amen amen all right you guys go live restored and we will see you next week bye guys bye